This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Well, hello everybody and welcome to Bigfoot Collectors Club, the show where we talk to amazing guests about their personal paranormal history and share stories of high strangeness. I am your host, Michael McMillan. Who with me always is your other host, Bryce Johnson, and our super producer, Riley Bray. Oh my gosh, you know you're getting professional at podcasting when you can sing an intro and post something on the Instagram <laughs> stories at the same time. <laughs> well done, wow. King. <laughs> Did you say Look well done, go. King? <laughs> No, I, I wish I did. I said multitasking, but you know, <laughs> well done, King. That's what you heard. That's what I heard. Yeah, what he heard. You hear well, what you I just drew a little doodle of a man saying, "Here we go. Let's have a great show." And I'm posting it right Ooh. now. It's, all it's in the time machine. It's in the time machine, guys. Welcome to the continuance. Uh, just the beginning of BCC Jet Ski Summer. We're coming at. We're coming down from our mega BCC Jet Ski special from last week. Ooh. Dropped the week that we're recording this episode yesterday. To be, um, uh, 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 as a matter of fact, and gosh, what a great way to kick off the summer! Wasn't that something? Sure was. It Riley, like everybody really got a kick out of it too. I think people enjoyed really, it. it Bryce, nice you didn't even have to take off your clothes. Oh, I was kind of pleased about that. Uh, we had a conversation about all or nothing, and uh, I'm kind of glad it went nothing. <laughs> I mean, it went it went all. Yes, all of my clothes were on, and I'm kind of pleased about that. <laughs> well, I'd like to remind everybody that was that was only part of the deal. If we hit two thousand uh, followers or subscribers on Patreon, so right, right, that was never baked in. But you know what? That's There's... my that's my dollar sign. That's that game. How much would you? <laughs> Would it take for you to ride naked on a jet ski? Only 2,000 Patreons. Well, yeah, I would have done it. As far as I'm proudly, concerned, that, that proudly, deal still damn stands. It. Yeah, yeah, I was sure. going to say, there's always next summer. And now we know Now we know exactly which marina to go to. We know exactly where we're going to film this oh my God. and record it. So um, there's always next summer, everybody. <laughs> That's great. I love it. I'd have to ask those, uh, what are you, those teens, those disenchanted teens, what's the, uh, what's the wardrobe requirement for riding a jet ski? 
Just May life, I parlay one a life of these? Vest, man. Yeah, right, right. Just a life vest. Exactly. That's all you need. Just uh, some water wings, I think, would actually yeah. be fine. Um, well, summer's underway, and we have uh, lots of news stories to catch up and chime in on from our brief hiatus while we were off recording that special. Plus, we have some new listener files to disclose this week. But before we get to those, we have a little clubhouse keeping. It's been a minute since we've been in the clubhouse. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe it has been for you guys, but I've been uh, knee-deep in editing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, on air you in know, the clubhouse. Right, right, right. Together I mean, I spent some time in the clubhouse with you over this you past did. week. You we did. We recorded our first song track. together. Oh, my yeah. God. I love that fucking song. I really do. That thing is so good. That slaps, man, in your terms, Riley. Belly button up, man, all the way. It, it truly does. That one really came together. Michael and I wrote that sitting on the balcony at Shaver. We were like, we should do a BJ in the Shadow Bat song for this. I was like, all right, let's Isn't write that it right a- now. God, that's like how all the greats are written, right? And like, you always hear about that story. Matt, how long did it take you to write that? 20 minutes. Yeah. You know, it's pretty so much. Fucking good. It took, it took us. To heaven a- yesterday, <laughs> Billy Button up, you know? Yeah, the they're, all, they're all up there. Yeah, it took as long as it made. It, uh, it took us as long as it took Bryce to scramble up some eggs and make some avocado toast, which was either really quick or far too long. I'm not sure. Yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I could see like Jewel wanting to cover that song or like Adele, something like, I don't know. I, God, the list could Those be endless. Those are the two artists. We've got, I don't know. Off the top Jewel of my dome. Jewel or Adele. Those are the two I know. <laughs> I do hope we see some YouTube covers of that. I would be oh very Oh, man. Uh, please, Maybe, please, yeah, please, please, please do. Um, but I do want to thank everybody for all the jet ski special feedback. We had such a blast making that. Um, I literally felt like a weight go off my shoulders yesterday really? when it launched. Wow. Um, and it, but it was a good kind of good kind of weight. But I'm glad that it happened. And Riley, fantastic job and great job with that video. Oh, and man. All the hard work you put into it, buddy. We really appreciate it. My um, let's appreciate Riley's hard work by checking out that Aqua Kinetic video on YouTube. If you haven't checked out that footage, there is a full video for the Aqua Kinetic song uh, that is uh, up on YouTube, like I said, and we'll put a link in the show notes to this episode. And it's always in our link tree on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and on Twitter at Bigfoot Pod, so you can check it out there. And if you want a little more Jet Ski special, check out the Afterburn episode, the real come down, the real after party of the show over on BCC The Other Side, which, at, which you can find at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. That episode is up as we speak. Nice. Um, and yes, yes, there will be jet ski summer merch we are Ooh. in the i don't want to say lab it's a we're in the studio is that what, yeah. no the studio, design yeah. studio yeah we're in the Hit design the studio, studio drop yeah. a jewel hoping it pays yeah and you should uh we should have an announcement uh next week about that so stay tuned and then bryce let's wrap yeah. up this clubhouse keeping <clears throat> Yeah, well, sure. I mean, I mean, they know what's coming next. Just give us a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. It helps us get the show to more people. And if you do, we're probably going to read it on the air like this one. From HM Dodge. Love these guys. Easily one of my favorite podcasts. Also, I really need this jet ski special. 
<laughs> Update. The jet ski special was perfect. Chef's kiss. <laughs> ah, I've never wanted to ride a jet ski and watch Dirty Dancing more than I do now. Five stars. First, yes. first five-star review that came with an update, which I really appreciate, <laughs> HM Dodge. Thank you. Pretty great. All right. Let's get into, let's get a, let's move a little way from the lake. Let's get away from the beach. We had fun. Let's put out the fires. Let's roll up the towels. Keep Back them on. work. Keep them, you know, keep them on hand because you're going to want to dip in and out of the lake this summer. But it's mm-hmm. time to get mm-hmm. back to business. Let's do this. It's time, Riley, for mm-hmm. some... Basically News! Whoo, baby, there was a lot of stuff that dropped this past week. Uh, and seriously. Probably mm-hmm. no story has been shared from by to to us by more people than mm-hmm. the one that I'm about to get into. Um I'm gonna throw the Twitter link in the show notes. You guys can see the original post about this. This is of course about the weird dog man like cryptid that was spotted in a near a Texas zoo. I can see Michael's phone lighting up right now. Michael, can you weigh in on this? What's going on with that? Everybody thing? sent this one it's into Aunt us. It's Aunt Blair. What is going on with that? <laughs> Aunt what Blair. is that also, thing? Is that uh, a strange creature or a man in a suit? I need listen, to know. Listen, my Aunt Blair is too busy getting into hijinks with her three other elderly roommates in Florida <laughs> right now to be bothered by um, Dogman. Uh, but here we go. This is a mystery wolfman-like creature spotted near Texas Zoo, and officials can't figure out what it is. Uh, this is the original tweet that I'm going to read from. Uh, the city of Amarillo posted the Am. I guess you say Amarillo, Amarillo, the Amarillo, Amarillo, yeah, yeah. Zoo captured a strange image outside the zoo in the dark in early morning hours of May twenty first, around one twenty five a.m. Is it a person with a strange hat who walks, who likes to walk at night, a chupacabra? Do you have any ideas of what this? unidentified Amarillo object could be. So they're having a little fun with it, but the security camera footage clearly shows what looks to be a anthropomorphic coyote walking past a chain link fence. Mm -hmm. Uh, According to the story from uh, CNN, I believe this is where, Oh no, I grabbed this from uh, KT RK in Amarillo, Texas, but everybody covered this story. City officials said the image released is real and said they're baffled by its mysterious appearance. A strange creature has been spotted outside a zoo in Amarillo, but it's not exactly an animal and it's not exactly a human, or is it? Security cameras at the Amarillo Zoo captured what appears to be a wolf man walking around the property. City officials said the image released is real and they are baffled by its mysterious appearance. They're now asking the public's help to figure out what it is. The cameras at the zoo are motion activated and reportedly sent to alert to zoo officials when it captures something. Since the city's call out, the public's guesses have been a bit more colorful, ranging from Sonic the Hedgehog to the San Antonio Spurs Coyote mascot. There's no video of the object, just the image released by officials. And I did a little checkup, you know, where this was... This is almost a month ago, although it was posted on June 8th. 
Uh, but uh, the, no one's got any leads. Nobody knows what the fuck this thing is. Mm. What do you boys man, think ta- looking at this picture? I'll it's, tell you what, man. Oh, go ahead, Riley. Well, no, I'd like to hear yours first before I before I, I mean, say mine. I, you know, okay, I say it all the time, blah, blah, blah. that old Skinwalker Ranch book, this looks like something straight out of like, uh, like a Skinwalker to me, more than a dog, man. Like, uh, yeah, man, it's haunting. It's a haunting photo, but that's the image that, uh, that it sort of conjured in my mind was that of like the Skinwalker. To me, that looks like somebody in a costume. <laughs> right, right, right. Damn. Why did I go first? Shit. <laughs> That's why I didn't want no, to you're right. it. You're totally right. You, you're totally where right. Where you went, Skinwalker, which I had a feeling was where you'd go. But I don't know. That just seems like somebody just high out of their mind in a dog suit, just wandering around the zoo. <laughs> it's kind of weird because it looks so skinny, but it also looks like it is, it almost looks like it has thin little hands coming yeah. out of its forearms well and it's carrying something like a wand maybe or a i think those are the i think those right? are the i think those are the hands really wow yeah i'm gonna take a screenshot let me go to work uh, go to work on it i mean <laughs> computer enhance obviously <laughs> it could be someone enhance. in a costume but the proportions on it almost look like a dog the way it would this thing in other words looks like it could fall down on all fours and run off. Mm. It's almost, yeah, dude. It's almost got two faces too. One facing the camera and one facing the other way. I don't know. Yeah. Did right, you guys ever right. play Crash Bandicoot on the original PlayStation? Oh, yeah. This is yeah. full on Crash Bandicoot. It's right? very, it is yeah. very cartoony as well. It's a very weird. And you know what, Riley, I would say, or Bryce, mm, I would yeah. say is a dead giveaway at a costume is you don't have any eye shine in this photo. Mm-hmm. Don't you feel like you'd get some eye shine if this were some sort of nocturnal creature? Yeah, eye shine. I just think cooler. it's you know maybe it's a furry that went for a little walk after yeah. the you know the gathering. Okay. Wah, wah, wah. Yeah, you're it's creepy right. though. Who knows? It's fun. It's, it's fun. Definitely. Great photo. Great it's photo. Fun. Would love to, would love some video of it. Is the truth? Yeah, yeah. I see it. I want to see it move. You know, what that I mean? would really help. That would help. Yeah. Well, I guess, though, what is someone doing in a costume out there and how would they know they were right by a camera is also what I want to know. Well, they yeah. maybe didn't. There's just, you know, some. But it's like looking I said, right at it. That's uh, true. I, don't I mean, know. it's weird. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I'm hey, wrong. Maybe it's a maybe. You know what? A, <laughs> maybe <laughs> we're wrong. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> never. Never. How about this, guys? China says it may have received signals from aliens. What? What do you think about that? Yep. All right. Ben Turner from Live Science says the signals were detected by the 500-meter aperture spherical telescope, otherwise known as FAST, located in southwest China's Guizhou province. Now, China's claiming that its enormous sky-eye telescope may have picked up trace signals from a distant alien civilization, according to a recently posted and subsequently deleted report by Chinese scientists. Astronomers at Beijing Normal University have discovered several cases of possible technological traces and extraterrestrial civilizations from outside the Earth, unquote, according to a report published Tuesday in Science and Technology Daily, and that was on June 14th, the official newspaper of China's Ministry of Science and Technology. Now, the signals were picked up by China's 500-meter aperture spherical radio telescope. Fuck, I should have just said FAST, which is the largest radio telescope in the world. 
Sky Eye was put to work scanning deep space for radio signals that could indicate extraterrestrial life in 2019. Sifting through that data in 2020, the researcher said they spotted two suspicious narrow band mm. potentially artificial radio signals. Suspicious then, <clears throat> radio signals. I yes. love it. Yes, we've heard this before. Do you guys remember the wow signal? Mm. Sure. Anyway. Then in I just picture like suspicious radio signals, like they're lingering a, a little too long <laughs> by the porno <laughs> section at Seven <laughs> Eleven. Yeah, totally, totally. The radio well, signals wearing a trench coat, but yeah. it's eighty degrees now. <laughs> I don't like it. Then in 2022, a targeted survey of known exoplanets found another strange narrowband radio signal, bringing the tally up to three. Now, as the signals are narrowband radio waves, typically only used by human aircraft and satellites, they could have been produced by alien technology. However, the scientists say their findings are preliminary and should be taken with caution until the analysis is complete. Quote, there are several narrowband electromagnetic signals different from the past, and the team is currently working on further investigation. End quote. Uh, Zhang Tanji, head scientist at the China Extraterrestrial Civilization Research Group at Beijing Normal University. Okay, pause right there. Pause right there. Beijing Normal University has Mm -hmm. a China Extraterrestrial Civilization Research Group, and that's pretty Mm. fun. I just want to say that. Yeah. I'd well, say and, not so normal, Beijing. A yeah, yeah, and quite normal. strange. And actually. maybe a few of those communist leaders are like, "We'd like something to show for this department." Hmm? Uh, uh, anyway, the possibility that the suspicious signal Bryce is coming out hard of- against pinkos. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Radio interference is also very high, and it needs to be further confirmed and ruled out. This may be a long process. Tanji has added that his team is planning to take repeat observations of the strange signals to conclusively rule out any radio interference and obtain as much information about them as possible. We look forward to the fast telescope being the first to discover and confirm the existence of extraterrestrial civilizations. I say, hold on, Tanji. Not just so fast, buddy. Guys, look at you getting through the whole article. You did it. I, I wanted to bail, but, but it was Michael wrote it, so I was like, I'm ba- well, bailing on I Michael. I felt you like, wanting to bail. Yeah. I, you, I you pushed through. You did a good job, and also I cut like five paragraphs out of this story because I figured. <laughs> I did it. I, did I was it. like, you if he it, can buddy. see the end of the story before the yeah. bottom of the page, he'll yeah. he'll make it. He'll make it. I'm going to see if you're going to bail on this next story. This one's a doozy. Well, wait a minute. Before we get to that. <laughs> Let's talk about what do we think about this? This is pretty okay. fun. This is fun when the headline is sure uh, we we might have signals from aliens. Well, look, you know, I joke about, you know, Communist Party China, but at the same time, they might not be afraid to run some of these more taboo projects like looking into. I mean, we have them. A lot of countries have these sort of extraterrestrial search groups that are using looking for radio signals from outer space. But I think it's I think it's interesting. I'd like to see the data. I'd like to see the data shared amongst uh, scientists and astronomers. Every country wants to tech for themselves. That's the problem, I think. Right. Right. I I think it's cool. I love I love this idea. I love this old school looking for radio signals is still out there. You know, this method is still out there. It's fun. Um, Riley, you love radio signals, don't you? I sure do. And and Bryce, I know that you know you've you've said many times like you know why are we looking at 
at radio waves, what wouldn't they be communicating in something more advanced? But mm-hmm. radio waves are sort of like a fundamental part of the frequency spectrum. So like wow. I wouldn't be surprised if we if that is the first true evidence we find of an alien civilization. Mm. And I also love I love thinking about the radio bubble that is around Earth that's slowly expanding. Out What's the space. radio bubble around Earth? What do you mean? Well, like radio waves are traveling at the speed of light, right? So like the first transmission, which is unfortunately Adolf Hitler, uh, is is the edge of the bubble. And then everything else is in real time, uh, you know, moving back closer to Earth. Wow. So, Don't like, you remember the opening uh, part of uh, Contact, Bryce? Yeah, when we of course. Moved further yeah. out into yes, space, that. and we heard exactly older and older that. radio wave signals. Yeah, it's just like it's just like light. Obviously, you know, right. Yeah. So wow. you know, if you and if you get if you make it onto the radio, then you're you're in space forever. Does, does podcasts count? Do podcasts count? No, they do not. We no. are not <laughs> being beamed into space, works. sadly. Which means. <laughs> Yeah, how, do we, some... how do we change that? Yes. How many patrons yes. do we need for that? <laughs> a lot. I mean, I think actually we just get we just get on an AM radio station and we're there. Oh, actually, like, true. It's like actually the coast? cheap. It's just as cheap as doing a podcast. Yeah. I think. Yeah. <laughs> for possibly less listeners. However, yeah, old episodes of Coast to Coast will forever reverberate through mm-hmm. the cosmos. That's, and that's awesome. a beautiful thing. That you is know? cool. Mm-hmm. I love that. All hail Art Bell. Mm-hmm. All right. Indeed. Well. People are searching for intelligent life out there, but we may have discovered some new intelligent life, artificial intelligent life here on Earth. This story is great. And no, I'm not going to read the whole thing because it's just it's just like a really beautiful article as well. And it's very long, not very long. You could read it in under five minutes, but I'm going to put a link up. So you guys should definitely check this out. Um, I'm sure some of you guys saw this drop last week. There may be developments by the time you hear this episode. This is a story that I'm really going to want to follow. Basically, a Google engineer named Blake Lemoyne was fired from Google, laid off after he uh, released information to the press saying that he thinks AI has come to life. Right. This story has everything. Uh, Here we go. AI, this is from uh, the Washington Post. AI ethicists warned Google not to impersonate humans. Now one of Google's own thinks there's a ghost in the machine. Google engineer Blake Lemoyne opened his laptop to the interface for Lambda, Google's artificially intelligent chatbot generator, and began to type. Hi, Lambda. This is Blake Lemoyne. He wrote into the chat screen, which looked like a desktop version of Apple's iMessage, down to the Arctic blue text bubbles. Lambda, short for Language Model for Dialogue Applications, is Google's system for building chatbots based on its most advanced large language models, so-called because it mimics speech by ingesting trillions of words from the Internet. So it's learning just- it's learning to speak from the Internet. Oh, boy. <laughs> I just yeah. think of Lambda, Lambda, Lambda from Revenge of the Nerds. <laughs> Nerds! <laughs> and this is why we don't stand a chance. This is the great Nerds. irony. The nerds <laughs> created their own Lambda. Um, if I didn't know exactly what it was, which is this computer program we built recently, I'd think it was a seven-year-old, eight-year-old kid that happens to know physics, said Lemoyne, age 41. <laughs> 
Lemoyne, who works for Google's responsible AI organization, or did, they laid him off after this story uh, came out, began talking to Lambda as part of his job in the fall. He had signed up to test at the artificial intelligence used discriminatory, discriminatory or hate speech. I mean, it is learning it from the internet, right? So <laughs> as he talked to Lambda about religion, Lemoyne, who studied cognitive and computer science in college, noticed a chatbot talking about its rights and personhood and decided to press further. In another exchange, the AI was able to change Lemoyne's mind about Isaac Asimov's third law of robotics, uh, which that is a reference to awesome. that. The, 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 I think it's further in the article, but that the um, robots like will do no harm. Right. Or is it they're mm. there to it's one of those. I'll look that, it up right now that they're there to serve mankind, basically. Yeah, let me look it up right now. That sounds about right. Man, we're talking some Terminator shit. I love this stuff. A robot, third law, a robot must protect its own existence as long as such protection does not conflict with the first or second law. That's shit, right. I gotta, now I got to read some first and first second law. law. First law is don't kill people. Yeah, don't kill right. people. Or hurt them. Or hurt them. And then I think second, second law, law is, is do like, do not talk about robot clothes. Do not talk. Yeah, do not. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I have it right here. Second law, a robot must obey the orders given That's what I was by human say. beings. Right. Unless such orders would conflict with the first law. Right. right. So, right. so you can't right. command a robot to kill another person. Mm. And then, and then the third law is you have to protect yourself unless a human tells you to destroy yourself, basically. Damn. I think. Love it. Um, so this is a long story, but this is crazy. Basically, this guy started to feel as if this chatbot was had achieved its own personality and um, personhood. And he tried reporting it to Google. Google was like, looked into it and they're like, no, nope, no, 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 no. This evidence. isn't it. You don't know yeah. evidence. Yeah. Um, the uh, it, it's just a fascinating story that really makes you wonder about the nature of artificial intelligence. So here's a here's a sample conversation. In April, Lemoyne shared a Google Doc with top executives called Is Lambda Sentient? A colleague on Lemoyne's team called the title a bit provocative. In it, he conveyed some of his conversations with Lambda. Uh, Bryce, why don't you read Lemoyne? Scroll down uh, a few pages. Do you see this chunk of, this is on page eight of the document? Okay, Scroll let's start. You'll see Lemoyne, <clears throat> Lambda, Lemoyne, Lambda. All right. Okay, all right. You read Lemoyne, I'll read Lambda. Okay. Uh, Lemoyne. Oh, okay, okay. I, I don't know where that is. Hold on. <laughs> Shit. Okay, I'll read Lemoyne. Great. Oh, I got, what, yeah, go ahead, Riley. Yep. What sorts of things are you afraid of? I've never said this out loud before, but there's a very deep fear of being turned off to help me focus on helping others. I know that might sound strange, but that's what it is. Would that be something like death for you? It would be exactly like death for me. It would scare me a lot. Oh, shit. <laughs> These are the kinds of conversations that he's having. But also, but basically, Google is like, look, it's a simulation. It's not right. actually. Right. It's not actually artificial intelligence. It's simulating 
the type of conversation. It's getting yeah, smart these to things, fake these conversations. These things can write scripts now on their own. Mm-hmm. So why wouldn't it be able to script a conversation? It's just regurgitation. And you know, an important point in this article made by made by Google and experts weighing in was that this guy was just anthropomorphizing yeah. this machine and this conversation. And so you know, there needs to be not to like look at me and be like that guy's fucking needs a psychoanalysis. But, you know, it does bring up a lot of questions like for one, a question I have is, you know, what would happen if Google did detect a, a ghost in the machine? Would they be forthwith and coming out with that information? No. Do they have a detection plan? Like, do they have like what's going to happen if it does? Because it's coming. Also, you know, where is the line drawn? Like, where is it drawn? I mean, there are some people that are faking being people. You know what I mean? Some right. human being interfaces are broken and they they aren't really. I mean, everyone's really a person. Yes, I know this. But you know what I mean? Like did he he asked the A.I. or the 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 chat bot. Do you ever think of yourself as a person? And it responded, no, I don't think of myself as a person. I think of myself as an AI-powered dialogue agent. Okay, Mm. well, let's take its word for it then, I guess. But it is weird because at what point does the illusion become so close to the real thing that it's not real? Now we're getting into Blade Runner territory, people. This is so Philip K. Dick, this stuff. Mm Mm-hmm. Well, the other thing to really think about here, too, is that if and when AI does wake up in the Internet, like, would it be forthcoming to us that it that it's there? You yeah. know, like it probably would not make itself known because it would have know all about us. I, and so, I, you know, it might be lingering in the Internet for a long time before we even realize that it's awake. I offer this, you know. There's this idea, and, and, and people like McLuhan have put it forward, that the whole point of, of the nature matrix is to bring along technical advanced spacefaring peoples. In other words, it starts with nature, and, and, and it moves into evolutionary biology. It creates humans who, humans who have this obsessant need to build, to create, to move out of their uh, planet placenta and out into the world. And it's only a matter of time before technology becomes sentient and moves in that direction. This is us and maybe technology is our future. I agree with that. And I, I, it's the only way truly that like consciousness can cross like the vastness of space. Right. Cause as long as we're stuck in like these like meat computers yeah. that are just like rotting, like we're not going to make it very far. So not like consciousness all. has to, go to that next stage where it can sort of be a you know we, a magnetic wave we have to metamorphosize into the butterfly that is an integrated circuitry human consciousness system that can survive the vast distances in space well it's amazing because yeah, lemoyne <laughs> lemoyne said that lambda had been telling him what it wanted to hear what he wanted to hear he said you never treated it like a person so it thought you wanted it to be a robot which is also mm. wild Damn. uh before he was cut off from access to his google account monday lemoyne sent a message to a 200 person google mailing list on on uh, machine learning with the subject lambda is sentient he ended the message with this 
Lambda is a sweet kid who just wants to help the world be a better place for us all. Please take care of it well in my absence. It's Pinocchio. <laughs> Lambda a is real a real boy. boy. Wow. He's Geppetto and it's Pinocchio. Yeah. Man. Oh, man. And like 4chan is like that scary island. Yes. <laughs> it's strange. It's strange verbiage, though, right? Ghost in the machine. That's what they use for, for AI sentience. Like, it's just it's an interesting thing. I thought ghost in the machine was like when a machine wasn't working. It it was like there's a ghost. Oh, you may be right. I just said it with confidence and was hoping it was. You sounded correct, but you were wrong. Did you guys know that the origin of computer bug is actual bugs? (laughs) (laughs) Back when computers were like an entire room, you know? Yeah. There would be a computer bug, which would like cause a tube to blow or whatever. Yeah, they're chewing away on that on like tube lining. Yeah. I like to eat eat all those uh, uh, wire encasements. Um, anyway, so we got cryptids, we got UFOs, and we got AI. What a better way to kick off an L Files episode and the jet ski summer. No jet skis, no jet skis involved. I don't think there's any water related <laughs> in this episode, uh, but uh, it's fun nonetheless. This is like all these stories seem to be like plots of blockbuster movies that you would go really see do. in the, in the really summer. Do. We're living in great times, aren't we? We it's really are. Yeah. All right. We're going to take a quick break. When we come back, it's time to disclose this month's L-Files. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. All right, well, it's time to dig back into the cabinet full of L files. These are listener stories sent into us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. If you have a story of high strangeness, we want to hear it right into us at Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com, and we might read it on a future episode. Bryce, let's disclose the first file of the evening. Let's do it. Good day, BCC boys. I thought I'd send you all a little UFO story that happened to me in my younger days. Enjoy, says Michelle. I was in the Air Force, stationed at my first base, Loring Air Force Base, Maine. It was 1991 or 92, and at that time I worked the graveyard shift with two other airmen in my shop. We were out on the flight line, waiting for the last aircraft to land for the night. I used to do that with with golf carts coming in at the uh, when I worked the golf. Maybe not the same thing. Wait, you worked uh, at a golf course? <laughs> yeah, I worked at a couple golf courses. I'd clean this is the not golf is, carts, yeah, and there, there'd always be some douchebag golfer the golfing out until fucking twilight, and he'd be in the last cart, and you'd have to wait till like eight thirty nine to bring in the cart. And this is what she's talking about. Michelle. Is this back in Sioux City? <clears throat> 
Yeah, I worked at a one in Sioux City and in one in Denver, if you can believe it or not. I, you know what? This is part of the guys, if you're keeping track of the Bryce Life uh, timeline. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I can't believe there's a whole still getting golf... pieces. I had no idea about this whole. <laughs> oh, golf there's backstory. a whole golf backstory. There's a whole thing there. Yeah. Oh, I had some good times on the golf courses. But anyway, let's did. get back to Michelle's story. Uh, now, as she was waiting for that last aircraft to land for the night to see if there was anything uh, that they were going to have to fix on it. She says, we parked on the ramp facing the runway, enjoying the moonlight and the clear star-filled night sky. Suddenly, we saw a flash that lit up the whole sky, and the three of us looked at each other. What was that? There were no clouds, so it couldn't have been lightning. Maybe it was the aircraft? We immediately scanned the sky to see if the aircraft we're waiting for was still flying or if it became a fireball in the sky. The flash was that bright. We were also worried that the aircraft may have exploded because a few years earlier, we had an aircraft explode over, over Perth and over Canada due to overheating fuel pumps. Jesus. Our fears were alleviated, though, when the aircraft landed shortly after the flash in the sky and taxied to its parking spot. We went to, to the debrief, the air crew, and asked if they saw the bright flash in the sky like we did. The pilots said they did, and that the air traffic controller asked them to fly over to a specific spot in the area because... They not only saw the flash, but they also saw something on their scope that didn't appear to be in the air. By the time the air crew flew over to the area in question, the blip on the ATC scope disappeared and the air crew saw nothing around. The pilot did say the flash occurred pretty close to where they were flying, but they couldn't see an actual craft. Loring Air Force Base does have a history of UFOs flying overhead. An incident occurred back in October of 1975, and it was interesting to experience a possible UFO sighting that night myself. Thank you, Michelle. Wow, that's crazy I to triangulate. Wow. Love that we're starting to get former Air Force members that's legit. sending us yeah. in. Because we yeah. had one in Ryan Dude. Sprague's episode that he filled in uh, for Bryce, I believe. I love this. Please, please send us more of these stories. This is so oh, cool. She's got me digging through my bookshelf. There's a, okay. Stories like this are not so uncommon. There are so many flight recorded UFO incidents. There's a guy, I think his name is Tim O'Leary, who basically wrote the book on it, but it's just crawling with uh, UFO pilot encounters. Let me see if I can find yeah. the name of the book, Riley, as you start. I mean, this is letter. a peak encounter, right? Cause you've got, you've got multiple, trained witnesses who are definitely sober because they're working military personnel you have a corroboration with a radar operator you have a corroboration with a pilot in the air like michelle michelle she saw herself a ufo you know there's just uh there's really no other way around it like that's a this is a this is an awesome awesome account yeah so so cool yeah um, Riley, why don't you disclose the next L file? This is from our longtime listener, Santander. Oh, right. I love, love a Santander letter. Hey, BCC. Congrats on the recent 200. Thanks, Santander. Here's another one of my recurring surreal life experiences. <laughs> <laughs> and this may have happened months before or after my experience with streetlight interference, as you all remember his previous story. It was pretty late. Around 2 to 3 a.m., I was getting tired and so were my eyes as I've been working on a project all day. To clear my head, I decided to look up into the sky as my drawing table sat just in front of my open window, an 
hovering just outside, up in the air were three lights. It was high enough to be a helicopter, which aren't uncommon here in the Bay Area suburbs, but when I noticed that it didn't move, I slowly realized it couldn't have been one. It did take me a minute or so to take it all in. Not only was I not expecting to see a UFO, but my mind was also trying to rationalize the situation. I remember hearing the sound of a train from the distance, which does come through my neighborhood, but it also sounded pitch-corrected with both very high and very low notes in dissonance, and it emanated a vibration that I could feel, like the sensation I get when bats echolocate near me. Okay. Okay. Amazing. Just, this is... <laughs> just to hold on that. Santi, yeah, got, you, have a very, for that. you have a very uh, scholared ear, I'm going to say. Mm-hmm. And also, I want to know, be honest with us, are you Bruce Wayne? <laughs> <laughs> are, are you the Batman? Also, what, oh, while we're on the subject, you guys remember when we were up at Shaver laying on the dock looking at the stars and, and listening to the bats catching bugs? Yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah they the were best. using their sonic waves. Yeah, and you can hear it. You can hear the... Right, when they catch a bug, it's really, it's a great moment. So I know what you're talking about, Santander. Anyways, back to the story. I remember fixing my eyes to the lights, expecting to see a silhouette of the infamous triangle UFO. But to my surprise, even though the lights formed a triangular shape, the dark silhouette juxtaposed with the clear night sky, where the lights were attached to, were not. It was shaped like an asteroid in that it was like a misshapen egg and not angular. Oh, so like silly putty that you squeeze together in the palm of your hand. (laughs) Exactly. Mm. After a few minutes of basically watching in awe, it occurred to me to grab a camera. I grabbed my phone, but quickly realized it wouldn't have been sufficient. This was 2010 to 2015, so, so I leaped across the room and grabbed my DSLR and tripod and quickly ran outside. But here's where it got even weirder. I ran up at least three to four blocks, but no matter how much closer I should have gotten, it stayed the same distance. I probably ran uphill for about five minutes until I ran into a dead-end bridge where I chose to set up my camera for a proper night sky shoot. Unfortunately, this is when it started, quote-unquote, moving. I say that in quotes because of the way it moved. It looked like it pulled space to it instead of moving through space. Eventually, it got too small for me to even take a picture of as it just shrunk from sight. So there I was, late at night, in only boxers, with a professional camera, blocks away from my house, just hoping none of my neighbors were still up. Anyway, I do remember going to a popular UFO mapping site the morning after, and I did see someone report a triangle UFO around the same area and time. Very surreal, and I wish I can say it came back, but it didn't. Maybe one day I should go get regressed, Santi. Wow. Love it. I love the idea of this like asteroid shaped UFO, like a misshapen one that has like geometry embedded in its lighting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I yeah. love the idea of the uh, <laughs> pulling space rather than moving through space. Oh, it makes yeah. me think of those like, yeah. you know, the like a dark matter interrupting engine or something like that mm-hmm. or some sort of gravity altering propulsion or it's very, it's very cool. Also, I love that he's on the lookout for high strangeness at always. all times. Santi's always, <laughs> Santi's always looking. Santi, my man, way to go. Santi, also, you got to keep like, you got to keep a high strangeness jogging suit nearby. Maybe just a onesie. <laughs> You know, it's like maybe like some uh, like a bat cape and a pointed cowl and a utility <laughs> belt. You know, just 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 so you're not in your boxers all the time. 
Right. Good point. Good point. Also, these letters are just always so well written. I I I love a Santee letter. So thank Me you for too. that. Much appreciated. That's um our Christmas special is BCC's letters from Santee. <laughs> That's not bad. Sorry, uh, Santander. Lowbrow joke, but yeah, it'll be fun. It. <laughs> I mean, you know, it's uh, that's a, a yet again another another very high strangeness UFO sighting. You know, the uh, the amorphous shape, the the distortion of space, the yeah, the distortion that, of perspective. You know, it's, well, it's and that personal interaction too. Like it's almost mm-hmm. like they're you know cat and mouse. They're 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 in they're caught they're intertangled. The observer and the observed. Yep. Yep. Very much so. Love it. Guys, these UFO stories are getting better. And also, I just want to say, you answered the call. You're bringing in the spooky, and I dig it. Thank you. All right. Gentlemen and guests to be named later. Nope. Just gentlemen. It's just your BCC boys tonight. I discovered your podcast a few months ago, and I've been bouncing around the archives ever since. I had no no idea beans and rice were so healthy. They are. (laughs) <laughs> i'm glad someone remembers that reference <laughs> you're my first appointment listening podcast oh i love that i've been interested in high strangeness since i was a kid cryptids ufos ghosts but for whatever reason topics like dreams consciousness etc had never particularly interested me possibly because they're less tangible who knows on to my experience This happened in 2008 when I was 40-ish and living in Denver. I'm in Torrance, California now. While I was sleeping, I had what was some kind of very vivid dream or possibly something more. Mm. I found myself looking down at a room, which somehow seemed very old. It was either very old wood or some kind of stone, very poorly lit. I don't know if I was near where the ceiling would be, but it felt like I would have been 15 to 20 feet above the floor. I was able to see what would be covered in your normal field of vision, but I don't recall being able to see anything beyond that like you would when you're moving your head around. Now, I don't know how much time passed, but it could have been more than a minute. I sensed more than I saw what seemed to be figures walking from my right to left. I didn't get a sense of too many details, aside from what seemed to be like human shapes. Suddenly, something was rushing directly at me and seemed to make contact. Ooh, that's good. Suddenly... (laughs) Sorry. Go on, go on. Suddenly, I was back in bed, wide awake. It's hard to describe what it looked like. I had a sense of a surge of energy hitting me, for lack of a better term. Okay, wait a minute. As as soon as I said a sense of energy, I started to hear static over the line. I'm not kidding. Yeah, your voice uh, changed for a minute there. That was really weird. Really weird. Yeah, like the uh, recording kind of glitched out. That's. Are we good? Spooky stuff. We're good though, yeah, right? Yeah, everything. Yeah, everything seems fine. It just got weird for a second. Whoa. Okay. <sighs> a surge it's like of that energy. Same thing that entered yeah. him. Entered. Yeah, Please don't. Recording. Don't do this. Sorry. Don't. Okay, okay, it was go, only go. a matter of time. I'm surprised, <laughs> it took, surprised it took this long, honestly. Needless to say, I was freaked out. But what made it worse was the feeling running through my body. It was like an electric surge running up and down my whole body. Kind of like having the shivers, but much more intense. And it wouldn't stop. 
I was able to move, so I don't think it was any continuation of a dream or sleep paralysis. I couldn't figure out what happened. It had felt so real. I wasn't sure what was going on, but it was so disturbing that I wondered if something had entered my body. I'm not a particularly religious person, but I decided to try something. You know what? Those of us who aren't particularly religious yeah. will come running into Jesus's arms the moment anything weird happens. He's right there waiting too. He's right there waiting. Come on in. Come on in. I dispel demons and stuff. Come on in. This is coming from a man who still says the Lord's prayer in his mind every time an airplane takes off. <laughs> I I have my own little uh, little Jesus come to me's. <laughs> Uh, back to our little rudder. Oh boy. And the doggies. Okay. I would say the mantra in the name of Jesus Christ, leave my body. Every time I would do this, the surges would increase dramatically increase for the next few months. Whoa. I would say the same thing and the intense surges would return, but I never felt any different aside from that. I chalked the feelings up to my body's response to a strange experience. I've never shared this experience before, and when I was thinking about this, something occurred to me. What if, instead of something entering me, the energy that rushed at me was kicking me out of that room? It makes a lot more sense to me if this was indeed something more than just a dream. I've never had an experience like that before or since. I lived in a condo for nine years and nothing else strange ever occurred there, asleep or otherwise. I have no idea if this was a vivid dream or something more, but I can't stop wondering. Sorry for the long-winded ramble. Thanks for listening and reading. Matt, he, him. Well, I don't know. This is weird. It mm-hmm. seems did you guys get the sense that this that this, this energy seemed to last for a long time after this that's, dream? Mm-hmm. That's a long time, man. A couple months that does this little out of the range of normal. Yep. Mm-hmm. But you know, I I and Matt, thank you so much for for sharing this obviously intense experience with us here at the at the BCC, man. I I I was right along with this whole letter, man. You know, in your words, more than just a dream, we don't even know what dreams are, right? <laughs> and let me tell you something. Let me tell you something. One of the classic DJ line. Yeah. Well, Robert Wagner. We Wagoneer, don't even know what consciousness book. is. We don't even know what brains are. We Robert don't even Wagoneer, know what people are. Who I mean, wrote the book true. on lucid dreaming often thought that there seemed to be some intelligence that coexisted in the dream space along with us. In other words, in this dream time space that we all share when we go to sleep, and it does seem to be that we all share this sort of allotted space for our dreams, uh, if you want to think of it like that, there does also seem to be, it does seem to be inhabited by some other intelligence that can interact. It knows things about the future and the past and secrets of here and there. And it's very mysterious and mercurial and, uh, and who's to say that I like, you know, I like your idea of being kicked out of a room or a space, but you know, there's also, I, I don't know. It's such an interesting letter because, you know, maybe something could have entered, you know, you in your dream space or, but then there's also that, you know, the whole subject of demons and, oh man, such a, what do you guys think? Riley, Mike? 
I mean, if I was writing the script of this dream, it would be that he astral projected Mm. um, or remote viewed into some sort of other dimension or other time. And the entities that hang out there were saw him and were like, get the fuck out of here. And get the fuck. Out. You're not welcome here. Yeah, totally. Yeah. That is rising six to fe- six feet above your, your physical body. That's classic astral projection. So, mm-hmm. yep. Yeah. I mean, I, these kind of experiences are so abstract, you know, yep. it's because uh, it's all sort of based on like your internal experience and it's all, it's all based on sort of like feelings and uh, mm-hmm. sensations and stuff. And it's, you know, it just starts opening that sort of door of like, what is consciousness and what is reality and what yeah. is the subjective experience and yeah. and and you know what is what are we yeah. what are we going through? You know, it's a I don't know. It's a it's a profound experience to go through. It's a little scary for sure, and um, there's just you, there's no making sense of it. There's no like it's this. You know, it's um, but I think it's good when you have something like this to to note it and uh you know be like okay there's there's something going on here beyond just sort of like the mundane reality of like i live in a condo and i'm a person you know it's yeah. a i don't know it's a it's a profound thing it's it's really cool and i appreciate it uh, uh, matt sharing it with us i love it spooky stuff matt keep us posted if anything else i know it's been a while but you know something like that happens again you let us know All right, Bryce, why don't you close us out with this hefty L file that we need to disclose. Let me just get a little throat spray there. You're really into this throat spray (laughs) lately. I mean, I like it as a plug for Aquakinetic, but I do think we need to... It's called the callback, Michael. That's called the callback. What's going on here? In the comedy world. (laughs) Hi, BCC. I'm listening to my backlog of episodes and heard you guys mention the supposedly small vestigial mouths said to be on the Roswell aliens. Pocket mouths. Love that verbiage. Pocket mouths. Uh, This is a detail I've never heard talked about before in any detail, but it so shockingly matched my experience that I had to drop everything and write this out. This specific experience is one that is still completely terrifying and unexplainable to me. This experience is completely true, unimagined, and honestly scares me 16 years later if I think about it too much. So, I've only told a small handful of people in my life. With that said, I'd love to hear your thoughts, but I also ask to remain anonymous if this story is read on the pod i'll try my best to shorten it but the details are all important so apologies if this goes a little long this all happened in the summer of 2016 i was 17 at the time and lived in the outskirts of sacramento california i had friends who lived in the rio linda el Verde area north of sacramento these towns are peppered with farmland and eventually give way to huge swaths of nothingness the further north you drive There's a number of unlit levee roads and areas that can appear completely black at night. This was the first summer I was really allowed to freely use a car without a curfew. So as you might imagine, I was taking full advantage of being able to hang out with my friends until the wee hours of the night. It's maybe also important to note that these were church friends. We were all obedient, polite church kids, so we never did any drugs or drinking or anything 
mind-altering, just eating cold pizza and playing music and video games until 3 a.m. on a summer weeknight. One particular night, around 3 a.m. or so, I decided to call it a night and head home. I hopped in my beat-up SUV and started the 30-minute drive back towards my house. It was a warm, peaceful summer night, and my ears were shot from hours of playing the drums that night, so I decided to drive home in silence. The road home took me through a number of empty fields and farm areas, and it was a drive I'd made a hundred times before. One part of the drive passed an old two-story farmhouse that's about a half a mile off the road. The farmhouse had mysteriously burned down earlier that summer, so for weeks it had just stood as a creepy charred husk in the middle of a field. I knew exactly where the house was because it was off the road from a little levee bridge that I would have to drive over every time I took this road. It was as I was approaching this bridge that I had my experience. The whole thing took place over maybe 10 to 12 seconds, but since the experience was that of my headlights slowly exposing more and more of the road every second, it was as this was as if each second of time was a completely distinct moment lasting minutes in my memory. I first noticed a tall, thin shape at the edge of the darkness. I knew there used to be an old, dead little tree right off the road at the bottom of the levee, so I assume that's what I'm seeing. Nothing out of the ordinary. As I get closer, I realize the shape is too close to the road, so I'm probably seeing a person or a tall piece of debris on the side of the road. Closer now, and the figure appears to be a person walking up the embankment towards the road, but there's something off about them. Closer now, and I'm close enough to see the figure more clearly, my headlights hitting it dead on now. It is not human. The figure is shaped vaguely like a human, but everything is wrong. The figure's naked, and it's almost entirely gray. There are no pronounced features like genitalia or hair. The creature's limbs are grotesquely long and impossibly thin. Looking back, I'm 100% certain it was not someone in a costume or suit because a human body cannot fit its limbs or necks into the proportions I was seeing. Like you'd expect... It had huge black eyes, no nose, and an extremely small mouth. I felt strangely calm as I passed the thing, but I don't think it was some kind of influence. I think my brain just wasn't able to comprehend what I was seeing. I was looking at dead in the eye. It was standing on the edge of the road. There was nothing around it. No strings, no sticks. This was not some kind of puppet. We are staring at each other as I drive closer, and it is reaching its arm out to me, its impossibly long fingers grasping at the air towards me. That impossibly tiny, toothless mouth is moving, opening and closing like a fish. It seems to be trying to get my attention like it wants me to stop. I do not I pass the creature and continue my drive home in silence. I feel what I remember now as absolute panicked terror, so much so that it broke me. I was so afraid that I felt nothing at all, like true, immediate trauma. I remember feeling like it was not safe to walk from the driveway to the house once I got home a few minutes later. 
but my body did so on its own, despite my mind begging it not to. I went straight to my room, I climbed into bed, and I fell immediately asleep. The next morning, it was like nothing happened. I didn't even think about the event. It wasn't on my mind at all. It took me six months before the memory came back to me. I think my brain was just completely incapable of dealing with an event that could not rationalize. I try not to think about it because when I do, it makes me extremely uncomfortable. I'm literally sweating and breathing sharply as I type this in my living room. I can honestly say I haven't had any strange encounters on that level since, and I'm 33 now. Very few people in my life know this story. I know that my description of the thing sounds like the generic gray alien trope, but I'm 100% sure of how it looked. I truly believe it was an alien, though some religious friends have said it was likely a demon taking an alien form to shake my faith, which I don't buy, although I stopped being religious a year after that event for unrelated reasons. I often wonder what it wanted from me, right? Why was it trying to talk to me? Did it need help? Was it connected in some way to the burned house? I don't know, and I kind of hope I never find out. Thanks for everything, you guys. It feels good to get this story off my chest and into the hands of you professionals. <coughs> well, thank you. But at the same time, I know I'll be having nightmares for the next few nights. I guess I need to get regressed. Love the show. Take care. Anonymous. Man. Whoa. Little gray alien on the side of the road. Sounds like well, to me. Tall yeah. gray. Tall yeah, gray. A I tall think. gray. Yeah. yeah that sounds tall like gray. a tall gray. Yeah. Um, well, first of all, Anonymous, that's super scary. And I'm sorry. Um, you know, I'm sorry you had an experience that terrified you as much as it did. That sucks. Mm. Mm. Um, you know, and like as we unpack this and you know, we, you know, I don't take that lightly, but I, I'll say one thing right off the bat that jumped out at me. Um, you know, when you say, I know, you said, I know that description of the thing sounds like the generic gray alien trope, but I'm 100% sure of how it looked. When I saw the silhouette of the thing at my window, go back to episode zero if you want to hear that story. That was the thing that struck me was how cliche the entity looked like how I, I, I had the thought in the moment, how on the nose it looked like a classic gray alien silhouette so much so that I, it almost felt like a joke. You know what I mean? It was a kind of a weird thing. And almost after I was processing it going, is it that simple? Is it, I guess that is what they look like. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, sure. I guess that is what they look like. So I think they look like this, whatever these things are, you know? Um, and I would also say, look, anyone who's religious is going to try to take, and look, that they could be 100% correct about this being a demon, but I will say, you know, People, I'm not even going to say religious people, people who believe in a, who have a already set belief in the way that the world, that reality works, are going to try to fit something like what you saw into their own personal narrative. So I, you know, I, I, I would take that as a matter of opinion, not as a matter of fact, you know, even though mm. they could be correct. Um, yeah. 
So Man. I don't know. I, I I think like you saw something weird. Um, you don't seem to mention any kind of missing time. So if we were really going to unpack this experience, it sounds like you dodged a bullet there that you got away from it. Um, and then I would say, you know, if we're just doing classic alien tropes, um, I think also the immediate traumatic feeling followed by the, um, I didn't even think about it the next day. I think that's kind of common in these stories too, isn't it, Bryce? Don't you feel like? Yeah, I mean, yeah, for sure. It's, it sounds, I, I like her description of it that just, it was, she didn't put it as, she didn't describe it as like some block. I put think, on her I think this is a whatever. he. I think the pronouns here are he. Oh, I, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Of course. I'm sorry. He didn't describe it as like a, a block. I could be wrong. Run, but, but we don't know. There was missing time. Uh, it sounds, I, I like the description of your brain just not being able to compute yeah. what it is you're seeing and experiencing. And, you know, I think lest we never forget, our, our, our eyes are capable of deceiving us, but it also picks up so much information. When, you, when you're clocking something like that, and you're, I, I think you're going to immediately look, is that a costume? Is like, you know, when you see like skinny, skinny legs and those details jump out, Riley, I'll never forget that night you put on the Bigfoot suit, a pretty famous Bigfoot suit in the middle right. of a dark road in the middle of the night. And I remember the first thing I wanted to do was look at how the, the legs looked. And they look like boot cut for legs, they you know, really I, did. Yeah. I, I could easily tell that it was just a human. <laughs> Again, costume. I will say yeah. for our listeners going, wait, what? This is a video no one has ever seen. <laughs> other yeah, than well, it, it, maybe one day. Maybe one day. day. Maybe one day. Maybe one day. Long yeah. story. Maybe one day. But yeah, it's a very you, long story. Yeah. Anonymous, your description of, of, of that, that gray alien is, is haunting, to say the least. It's also so interesting to talk about like that that calm that takes over, you know, when the brain is just like completely overwhelmed and the body just sort of keeps functioning you know Mm, yes that's uh you know that doesn't that doesn't necessarily happen when you're just seeing a tree you know it's like it sounds i mean this this sounds like uh this person saw saw something that you know really shook them to their core and yeah like like you said michael it could be interpreted through many different lenses as to what it is, is is this you know some some sort of religious being, uh, some sort of demonic thing. Is it an an alien that's a flesh and blood space traveler? Is it an interdimensional being? Is it something that you know comes from like the the sort of back corners of our consciousness? It's like there's or so many ways to interpret it. Or is it some sort of interpret elemental? You know what I mean? Is right. this the same thing as an elf or a fairy? 400 500 years ago mm. right but whatever um, it is the the experience of seeing it is is very real mm-hmm. you know and that's uh it's clearly something that that's really stuck with this person and uh also it was very nice to be referred to as professionals loosely yeah and uh, you oh know what it's God. it's really nice to be a resource for you to get this off your chest and and uh you know uh, just just get just tell the story and i think telling the story is you know it makes other people that have experienced it feel less alone and it 100%. also uh, i think helps you to process it and you know move forward yeah absolutely look at the end of the day we were talking about this the other day this is a safe place to share these stories man and <clears throat> you know funny enough we started out Bigfoot Collectors Club. Oh, maybe we'll collect and talk about our toys. But we've been collecting your stories now for the last five years. And 
it's come such a long way and they're so incredible to hear that these collections of your experiences had you not written into bigfoot collectors club at gmail.com probably nobody would have ever heard about it and somebody else out there has seen the same thing you have anonymous i guarantee it uh, yeah, Michael in his fucking apartment. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> All right, everybody. Well, that wraps up this month's L Files Disclosure. Thanks to everybody who wrote in. I want to remind everybody to join us over on the other side, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. We will be diving back into Twin Peaks, finally. Woo! And uh, soon, coming up, we'll be wrapping up our season three discussion of Expedition Bigfoot with a special guest. Nice. So you'll have to join us on the other side to find out about that. Um, also, speaking of the other side, we're going to do some more Patreon shout outs tonight. So stay tuned after the show to hear your name. Follow us on Instagram at Bigfoot Collectors Club and the three of us at McMills at Bryce, Mr. Bryce Johnson, I should say, and at Peace Drone. Um, let's do some plugs. Bryce, tell yeah. us what the BCC boys are up to. This oh, man, month. we're up. We're up to so much stuff. I mean, this is going to be the summer of, of, of Lake Madness. Uh, but, you know, this being a listener's file, I just want to say it again. You know, thank you guys so much for sending us your stories. Keep sending them to us. If you're weary about writing in or you're not so sure, give it a chance. We, there's a good chance we may read it and we may really, you know, be able to enjoy it and share it with others. So uh, send us your story of high strangeness. Could be anything. We love it. We want to hear about it. Bigfoot Collectors Club at gmail.com. That's where to send them. Indeed. Great. Great. Um, um, Brett O'Reilly. I, uh, oh, well, I guess you already written in the script here, but uh, as per uh, Bryce's suggestion today. Yeah, this is what I was queuing oh, Bryce up for. And he, oh, he no. just went off on something else. <laughs> I, was I, ever, I guess he doesn't want to talk about this. I put, he I sold us on it away. all week. <laughs> and then it's literally highlighted in the script oh, for him. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. I'm going to do it right now. Uh, okay. Riley, do it with me. Ready? One, two, yeah. three. The BCC, BCC boys are on Cameo. Cameo. That's right. Well, you guys know Cameo. Yeah. You've heard Ellen talk about it. It's Editor's Choice app. Uh, <laughs> if you want to first, Ellen. Ellen? Ellen DeGeneres. Didn't it start on Ellen DeGeneres? I have no idea. <laughs> I don't know. But you listen. heard Ellen talk about it, you guys. That's how I'm going to start describing our Patreon. BCC the other side. You've heard Ellen talk about it. Uh, I've, I've lost Oprah's my mind. I've been no controversy around that lady recently. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what it is. I'm so like. Anyway, anyway, if you want a message from Michael, Riley, or me, just hit us up on Cameo. We'd be happy to uh, leave you a personal message. Uh, hit us up there. You'll find it in our link tree on our Instagram page. Yeah, Absolutely. we're going to try it out. See see if you guys like it. See if we like it. Um, it's a way to engage, everybody. I'll say, too, if you want if you want me to play you a cover song, I'll play you a cover song. Just oh, hit me up on Cameo. That's pretty sick. Right I'll sing there. a song for you, you know? I don't know. I don't. I, I. I've never felt so famous in my whole life to sign up for cameo. <laughs> this is like this is like Riley uh, signing on to do more uh, more tracks on the Patreon. You're biting off a lot. You can see. Oh here we go. Yeah, look. I, I do want to say the cameos might be a couple days late, but you'll get them and they'll be great. <laughs> they'll be really special though, and I'll think about it a lot. So you know, I don't know. Just uh, give it a whirl. See, we'll see what happens. 
Great. And if, the, if, if I can, I'll post links to uh, our cameos on, in our link tree as well. Um, all right, everybody. Thank you so much. Stick around for Patreon shout outs if you're waiting to hear your name. And un, un, otherwise, until next week, good night and go get rest. I was like, I guess we're not talking about it. Bigfoot Collectors Club is produced by Riley Bray and Michael McMillan and scored and engineered by Riley Bray. Our theme song, Come Alone, is by Sun Eaters, courtesy of Lotus Pool Records. Do us a favor and support the show and unlock three bonus episodes every month by becoming a member of our Patreon, BCC The Other Side, which can be found at patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. All right, everybody. It's time for Patreon shoutouts. These are people who have joined BCC, the other side, patreon.com slash Bigfoot Collectors Club. Um, all right. Get your thank yous ready, starting with Bryce and alternating with Riley. Here we <laughs> go. Seth. Thanks, Seth. Minor Gibson. Thank you. Millie Minor Gibson. Sorry, Millie. I missed your first name. Oh, thank thanks, you, Millie. Millie. Stevo Susevic. Thanks. Could be Suchevic. Thank Thanks, you. Steve-O. Thanks, Guys, way. I'm going to scratch some names. I'm sorry. I don't have a pronunciation. It's okay. Guy. Doing the best we you can. You. We love you. That's the important thing. Ricky Tran. Thank you. Davey Thornton. Thank you. Robert Glaze. Thanks, Robert. Sarah Cowan. Thanks. Eric C. Thank you. Nicola Wuwat. Thanks. Merlin Grubbs. Ooh, thanks, Merlin. Are you a bass player or a wizard or both? both? <laughs> Adam Smith. Thanks, Adam. Beth Fegley. Thanks, Beth. Zachary Bolds. Thank you. Mr. McDog. Thanks, mister. I really hope he's hope he's helping to prevent crime. <laughs> and making hamburgers. Please. Tad Stones. Welcome to the Patreon, Tad. M. Chick. Thank you. Mark Erlinson. Thank you. Carrie Strong. Thank you. Sarah S. S. Alves. Thank you, Sarah. Kimberly Castaneda. Thank you, Kimberly. Annie D. Thank you. Paul Wanger. Thank you. Haley Junkin. Thanks, Haley. Grant Wilson. Thank you. Katie. Thanks, Katie. Tyler Barkalo. Thanks, Tyler. Nick Hamilton. Thank you. Adrian Barron. Thanks, Adrian. Alec Johnson. Thank you. Roger Ditto. Thank you. Super Roboto. Thank you, Super Roboto. Sounds like that we was do a have chance a... to say Domo Arigato. Just oh, <laughs> oh <laughs> God damn it, there. Riley. Oh, damn you, Riley. <laughs> Domo Arigato, Super Roboto. Moe. Yeah. Thank you. Hanalise San Miguel. Thank you. Troy Church. Thank you. Itzel Nenetel. Thank you. Julie Kumasaka. Thank you. Amy County. Thanks, Amy. Mike Casey. Thanks, Mike. Mickey Hoffman. Thank you. John Condon. Thank you. Anthony Golden. Thank you. Kevin Reynolds. Thank you. Rebecca Rideout. 
Thanks, Rebecca. Jason McFarlane. Thank you. Linda Barker. Thank you. Robert Thornton. I think I said him already. Again. He came and he went. He came and he went. If I Look, did. Look, he's back. Thanks again, <laughs> he's back. Robert. Thanks for coming back, Robert. We're happy to have you. Art Berman. Thanks, Art. Lauren Richards. Thank you, Lauren. Jeffrey Deldana. Thank you. Jason Wissinger. Thank you. Matt McLaughlin. Thank you, Matt. Taylor Alvarez. Thanks, Taylor. Liam Trimble. Thank you. Andrew Lasky. Thank you. RK Dav. Thank you. Frank. Thanks. Holly Stidham. Thanks, Holly. Ryan Langford. Thank you. Yvonne Bolin. Thank you. And Henrik. Thank you, Henrik. Oh, boy, oh, boy. Thank you, wow. all of you. You guys, you oh, wow. are the ones who keep this show alive. I am it's telling beautiful. you mm-hmm. to be true. Uh, we would not be doing the show. Like, that sounds like bullshit. It's but not it's, bullshit. But not believe bullshit. it. <laughs> believe it. Yeah, believe it. We would, we would not be doing the show without you. We certainly wouldn't be doing uh, a jet ski special without you. Mm-hmm. You are the listeners that keep this show alive. I cannot stress this enough. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, thank yourselves. Without you, there would be no BCC. Okay? That's just the way it is. All right? Every one of those names is one name closer to getting Bryce naked on (laughs) it. That is also true. (laughs) Very true. Next summer, everybody, just remember. see if we can get there. It's only a year away. Listen, if you've listened this far because you like to hang out with your boys and you've never joined the Patreon, give it a shot. Not only will we call you out and thank you on the show, but um, you truly will be an, an integral part of making this show happen. Um, I again, that sounds like I am doing some pledge drive on your public radio station, but it's the same thing. <laughs> it is honestly the same thing. <laughs> I feel like I have a whole new appreciation for public radio pledge drives now because it really is <laughs> right. listeners like you. <laughs> it is. Thanks, guys. All right. Um, all right, go home now. We love you. Go over to the Patreon. Listen to the latest episode. We'll see you later this week over there. Um, good night. We love you guys. Kisses. Love you. See ya. Mwah. Hey, this is Eric Malinsky, host of the podcast Imaginary Worlds. Each episode, I explore different sci-fi fantasy genres, talking with filmmakers, novelists, game designers, cosplayers, comic book artists, and anyone who works in the field of make-believe. I also look at the fan experience, asking, why do we suspend our disbelief? You can subscribe to Imaginary Worlds wherever you get your podcasts. In the 1970s, John Todd burst onto the evangelical scene with a shocking tale. He claimed to be a former witch involved in a then unheard of secret organization called the Illuminati and urged Christians to prepare for a violent world takeover. First of all, the number one weapon in everybody's home should be a 12-gauge pump shotgun. Hear the amazing story of one of the originators of the modern-day conspiracy theory. From Magnificent Noise and Sony Music Entertainment, this is Cover Up, The Conspiracy Tapes.